Our text for today is Ephesians chapter 4. First five verses, and then verse 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling which you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. From Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is God's Word. The first three chapters of Ephesians have nothing to do with you. They're everything to do with God's scandalous, amazing grace for you. And then the letter pivots in chapter 4, which is where we pick up here. And the letter shifts from the glorious grace of God for you, which is what the gospel is, to what God's grace does in you, and that is what the gospel does. And it brings us to this conversation around unity, which I think is just always pertinent, but in these days certainly pertinent. This is a challenging time for the church. Because Christian faith has always been celebrated and enjoyed and walked out in community. And God has been gathering his church since the Exodus. The people of God have been a singing people, singing of their deliverance since the Exodus. And here we find ourselves with this massive challenge because of the pandemic pressures and stresses and challenges to care for one another in community. Community has taken a lot of extra effort. And over the last six months, I've been so encouraged by so many of you who have made that effort who have laid down your own personal comforts to care and love for each other, to reach out to one another. It's a tremendous encouragement for me. Sunday worship for us here at Redeemer for the last six months has been a broken hallelujah because it's limited and it's less invigorating and we're hunkered around our laptops and they are utterly insufficient and they cannot transmit spiritual camaraderie and vitality and unity the same way that being together as the people of God can. And I've appreciated how so many of you have been so you know, utterly honest with me. You know, the, the constant feedback all the time is how difficult Sunday morning is. And that is appropriate. That's right. I don't hear you whining. I hear you saying what is true. And that is that Christian faith is not an individual faith. It's a communal faith. And so when you miss the community saying, oh, there's something wrong with this, this is the right response. I've also appreciated how you guys have been so apologetic about it, as if like, you were like, oh, Paul, I don't know how to tell you this, but we don't really like Sundays. And I'm like, this wasn't my idea, guys. I didn't like, come up with a pandemic and choose Zoom church. You know? So I like, really appreciate that we were like, I don't know how to tell you this, but we don't really like what's going on. I'm like, me neither. I'm a YouTuber now, talking into my camera like a... It's terrible. It's a broken hallelujah. And this fall is full of lots of unknowns uh, for our kids as they go back to school. Protocol changes for you at work. The necessary but disruptive protocol changes that affect the way that we gather together for worship. Right? Uh, There's all of these absolute unknowns. Um, And so as we're headed into more unknowns over the next six months, praise Jesus, we could get this facility for one week and gather together in this way. But as we head into those unknowns, my pastoral counsel to you, church, is this. Keep the unity. May God in his grace enable us, according to this text, to be humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love and keep the unity. Because there is only one way this church is going to get through this, and it's if we stick together. 
And so it's so interesting to me that the text goes there in chapter 4. As soon as he starts talking about what does God's grace do in, do in us, he begins to talk about this unity. We, when we resume our Sunday gatherings, whether they're at the downtown center or not, we are going to need the Spirit of God to work in us. You know, we had an emotional up and down as an eldership this last week. We got a message from the community center saying, you can return on September 21st, 30% of the building capacity is 135 people in the gym and I was like yeah and I texted Peter and Rick and I was like guys let's figure this out and then a few hours later they were like um actually we misspoke 50 people for the building I said well okay that doesn't help us that's like three families the rate people are having children 50 people in the building is not the church, is not the community. I can't have two churches, the, the church of the physical gathering and the first church of Zoom and this whole weirdness. No, 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 no. No, we got to stick together, suffer together, figure this out together. May God give us grace to be humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one, or one another in love so that this fall, when we do gather and we'll stay in conversation with the community center and we're wanting to have that dialogue very respectfully. We understand that they are not a worship facility, so that does not apply to us. They are not persecuting us. That is not the position of, of not only our eldership, but the Eastern Canada Presbytery. The government is not persecuting the church and dictating and mandating how we worship. We do not share that view. We are navigating the uncharted waters and trying to do this in a way that we can love and serve the city while also being true and faithful to the scriptures and gather together worship. It's not easy to do. And so we are going to need to approach the next phase of our community uh, gathering and worship, like ministers, not connoisseurs. Connoisseurs are really clear on what they want. Connoisseurs are really clear on what they like. Connoisseurs are super clear on what they prefer. Ministers are willing to lay down what they like. Ministers will lay down what they want. Ministers will lay down what they prefer to serve and care. And so as we move into these uncharted waters and explore other rental options in the city so we can gather and look, see what is possible and maintain dialogue with the center. We, we encourage you as a community to pray. We encourage you as a community that if you are aware of options in the city that might serve a congregation of our size, send those things to the eldership. May God give us grace to be humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love and keep the unity. When the text says live the life, it starts out by saying live the life worthy of the calling you've received. That's not a divine guilt trip. That's a gospel-shaped assumption. And the apostle's assumption is those of us who've been rescued by the scandalous forgiving grace of Christ will want to imitate the self-sacrificing, self-emptying love of Christ. That renewal is gradual and reform is a struggle. But our renewal is eventual because it is not only the execution of our own will but also by the spirit's power and so may god do it in us so that we can move forward together in these very difficult times because uh the you know uh, the protocols over the last six months and the unseen in the future uh you know they're needed but they're disruptive and they've shaken the church not just our church the church every church this church the loss of the worship that we once enjoyed coupled with the frustration that surges through your veins when you discover that someone else here in the Redeemer family does not share your views of COVID, does not share your views of mass protocols. Those things combined provide us with a constant steady stream of invitations to sort of back out and slowly fade, fade away, slip away. 
And so together, church, we gather around the basis for our unity. We gather around the Lord's table, and I close with this. The bread in the cup is a meal that symbolizes suffering and calls us to celebrate. It is appropriate given our present suffering and our struggle to celebrate. You can't get bread unless something dies. You can't get wine unless something's crushed. And Christ did both for you and for me. And so because of this, we reflect on the goodness of this table that we enjoy together. The powerful symbolism behind it and the work of the Spirit through it. That the Passover meal, the Last Supper, it was not a vegetarian meal. They ate lamb. And all of the gospel writers omit lamb at the table. Like a literary spiritual spotlight pointing to the fact that the lamb is literally sitting at the table. Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb. And so this perfect life of Jesus Christ, his atoning death, because he lived the perfectly loving, self-sacrificial life that you and I are not able to live. He was able to navigate a life of perfect love like you and I just simply cannot. And he did that in our stead. And his resurrection means that by grace and through faith, we are united to Christ. And he is the basis for our unity. He is the basis for why we gather. Our diverse political views, our diverse pandemic protocol views are not the basis for our unity. Uh, they, you know, they will not divide and destroy the church. Will COVID destroy the church? Will the varying views in the spectrum on mass protocols destroy the church? Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So not today, Satan. Not today. And while the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, all of these difficult things are, are surely temporarily right now scattering the church, being a potentially divisive in every church and this church. And so we come back to the Lord's table. The foundation of our unity is the good news of Christ and him crucified. The cornerstone of this church, the center of every sermon, like the gravitational pull of grace pulling us towards every week is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The basis for our worship, the motivating force over the last six months for you, compelling you to huddle over your laptop is Christ and him crucified. And so it is Christ and him crucified who, will get us, who has got us through, who will continue to get us through this broken hallelujah. May God give us grace to be humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love, and keep the unity. Let's pray.